Howdy. And welcome back to the Won't Shut Up and Skate podcast, Texas skateboarding history, nostalgia, stories, and special freaking interviews with people like Mr. Mark Wheelis. How are you today? Good. You're good. All right. Mark Wheelis is with us. I'm Chip Queso, and this is Carrie Jackson, Carjack. Howdy. And uh, good thing we have a uh, good edit on this because if you were here five minutes ago, we totally f- screwed up the intro and had to just do that over again. Yeah, nobody needs to see behind the curtain, Chip. Yeah, behind the curtain here. So we are here at episode seven at the back, I don't want to call it the back country home of Carjack. I say something different every time, but it is the beautiful hill country. Hill country home. Hill country home in central Texas. And we have the pleasure of somebody that if you haven't heard about, you will today for sure. Mr. Mark Wheelis is with us today. And uh, we're going to dig into quite a bit of Texas history that you didn't know about and some stories and some other really good stuff um, as we get into this episode. So as I always mentioned, Carjack, I've been hearing from a lot of people and uh, we started to get a couple of comments about, hey, when are you going to interview s- skaters from like the 90s and 2000s so we're getting back in that and i'm like okay we're gonna get there they just wanted to make sure and then i told him yes we will get there and kelly bird and dave mills and tons of other people that we haven't gotten to and he's like okay but, but for now suffer <laughs> suffer part of the building block of trying to rebuild this texas history is going back to the old days and learning a little something about where the stuff comes from and we want to make sure to instill that into the youngins i suppose but more than anything, we want to get it down because there's a lot of cool shit. A lot of cool shit. So, good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you for joining us on all your podcast form or watching old guys talk about skateboarding on YouTube. Thank you. <laughs> uh, as always, we give thanks to Jeff Newton. Uh, Texas skateboarding wouldn't be the same without Jeff. Uh, we thank you to the big boys for giving us our uh, okay for the intro and outro music. And of course, so much skate rock stoke back in the days. Eureka Street Creative, John, our producer, unfortunately couldn't be here with us today. So we're fucking it up for him and he has to edit it. So hopefully that works out good. And Brett Styles, our artist and designer, and Jesse over at Cat Palace for all they do. So just a couple of things, but. I mentioned in previous episodes, Carrie, and I understand that Mark, you started to listen in a couple episodes, right? Yeah. Episodes. Our good friend, uh, Rainy Beres, who you're not f- familiar with, but we're trying to give you some education on, sent us this, Carrie. Is that a skate zine? This is a skate zine. I'll let you kind of ramble through that, but you know. Rainy is also one of those that has brought the stoke of nostalgia and one of the in reasons we're doing this here in Texas. And Rainy loves Dan Wilkes. And so do we. Such a good yeah, shot no, right very there. Very good stuff. So Dan Wilkes did some zines back in the early 80s, and we've seen some of those that Rainy had access to, and that was really cool. But I got this package the other day, and I'm like, what is this? And it's wrapped in a John Gibson 1985 printed. It's almost like a book cover, but it's not a book cover. And then it's got three zines in it, brand do, new zines. Do kids even have book covers on their textbooks these days? I don't know if they days? have text But did, uh, you youngsters listening to this, did you guys ever have to cut up a grocery bag, a paper grocery bag to wrap your textbook in to protect your textbook. Do y'all still so you do have to that? Because I know they can buy book covers now that have like 
like elastic in them and it's like a fitted sheet it's for all a bed. fancy now they didn't have to diy it back there that's where our part of our diy culture came from you kids these days didn't have to suffer like we did <laughs> or you'd get these bullshit book covers that had some kind of art on it and you just learned to reverse and flip it upside down and yeah. then you drew you your, drew your own thing your skate drawings or your and then your Dead teacher Kennedy's got really concerned about your mental <laughs> well-being when she saw the stuff you were drawing on there wait why are these two or three are they trying to be individuals Get in with the crowd. Why so many skulls? <laughs> so many skulls. Why is there a cross through everything? And there's it just looks evil. Anyway, so but Rainy. <laughs> so Rainy Bears with uh, Break Free Skate Shop, one of our uh, bro sponsors. We appreciate. Um, he's like. Dude, I'm looking through all these photos of Dan Wilkes and our Facebook archives, archives page. Go to our group and join our Facebook archives page. Is I'm like I'm looking through all these photos and all this stuff, and I just I needed to duplicate Dan's zines, and I'm like, okay. So he literally duplicated, went to the copy store. Yeah, these are, these and, are photocopies. Went down to the copy store and you know awesome. put his card in, and then it's a bunch. It's pretty much all Dan Wilkes. Look at Who? this thing. Nice full full page. Throw that close to the bleed. Like, full page. Anyway, we'll get pictures of all that up so that everybody can see that. But we appreciate Rainy Bears and sending that over, and that's pretty cool. That's a big thanks. So Yeah, this is badass. That's very cool. Um, also, I mentioned from previous, uh, our good friend Mike Money at, uh, at Cockfight Skateboards, appreciate his broness, sent me that disc, three and a half inch disc. Yeah, have you been able to get that thing translated yet? That I sent to Legacy Box and they sent my small DV8 video back and they sent me back the disc with a sticker that said, this is the kind of media we can't translate and i'm like oh that means they don't have a disk drive from the 90s so i called a couple of different places in austin uh and left messages about how uh, here's the disc there's the name of it sd three and a half inch not a floppy disc it's kind of you know it's a hard plastic disc but somebody has to have a drive it's analog and has to have it to be able to put it onto something digital so we can get it onto the internet so you guys can see this 1983 contest that was cecil's in corpus christi that included all the texas guys and blender and a bunch of other people if there's anybody out in podcast land that can take a three and a half inch disc from 1983 and upload it, see it, and I then convert it. By the way, I think the photos are from 1983. The photos, I'm sorry, are from 1983. I think the disc is from the mid-90s. You are correct. As always, Carjack corrects me because we fuck it up. But anyway, you're correct. So it's a disc from photos from Big Ryan from 1983 when he was a youngster of this famous contest. So it's photos that have not been seen by very many eyes. If you have the ability or have an old school that you can pull out of the closet that has a disc three and a half inch message me and you will get your eyes on it before we will. And we can, you know, you can be a part of this podcast by getting that stuff out there. So I thought I'd mention that because we need help because I've called places and nobody, it was like, Wow. Wow. I don't, I can't, I don't have any machine for that. So, you know. Have we thought about just trying to reach out to Ryan himself and see if he still Maybe, has those photographs? But I mean, I guess the assumption is, is that when he documented those photos, they were, you know, that disc was given to Mike Money for some reason. Ryan gave me this disc of all these photos to get whatever. So I don't know the answer. 
But once again, Carjack, maybe we should call Ryan Smith and ask him. I don't know. <laughs> hey, Ryan, how you doing? <laughs> so, oh, man. Uh, as we dig into, about to get into this interview with this fine gentleman here, we want to thank everybody. We started this in September, and we are into uh, one week before Christmas. So you'll hear this in a few weeks after Christmas. But we just want to give a big shout out, love, and thank you for all the support and everybody that sent us a little bit of coin to help out. We're going to be built, Gary and I are going to be talking about a studio that we're building so we can have a more professional setup, get all our sponsor boards in the back here and make sure that we kind of continue to grow this thing. But more than anything, we want to give love and shout out and appreciate all the support we've got and um, making this happen. We're seven episodes in plus a few banger in the hangar episodes, uh, short episodes coming up and... We're going to call it quits for 2023 and dig into it better, hopefully, 2024. Yeah. Hit the ball, so, hit the ground running. Hit the ground running. So as we dig into the interview real quick, I do want to just quick mentions to those support and sponsors. Cat Palace Cockfight, Cherry's Wheels Always, uh, Grackle, um, some of our bros and our bro shops. Break Free, I mentioned Ohana, which was Booger and his shop down in Galveston, Texas Skate Shop in Midlothian. Where's that city that uh, Texas Skate Shop is in outside of Longview? Well, they're east. I thought they were they're in, east of Longview. Um I know I did that to him. Um, uh, we want to give a big shout out and love to Devotion Skate Shop, our first skate shop in Dallas that is supporting us. They've got the Clown Ramp board back here that they produced and sent us one, and we're very stoked for that. Uh, so if you're in Dallas, go check out Devotion. And then also a uh, shout out to Texican, our friend Frank. He's got a board over there that he's that he's got set up for us. And then our another new sponsor, uh, Latfowl. That's loud as thunder, fast as lightning. Check out their clothes and some of that stuff. We have a link tree that you can check out all our sponsors. And lastly, I should say this episode is brought to you by our pro sponsors, which would be Embassy Skateboards, Roger Skateboards, Old Bones Therapy, our skate shop partners, Southside Skate Shop, Hanger Skate Shop, and down in South Texas, our brand new sponsors, Curbside Skate Co. So we're racking up sponsors. I don't know what to do. We got we have to build a It's cool to see that people are actually listening. Well, they're listening and they're stoked and they're sending us some stuff and giving us a little coin. And we're basically, you know, we're gonna go from mics on a table to we're gonna get some boom mics. We're gonna try to build a setup. We're gonna try to make this a little more more family friendly when you come visit Carjacks. So wait, are you saying that soon we're gonna be in Zoomies? Zoomies? No. Zoomies. You said family friendly. No, oh, no. well, that's We're true. With it's the not core, skate, the core skate shops, Chip. That's where the real action is. We are core skate shops. All right. So uh, without further ado, that's all the early stuff I've got. Thank you. Um, this guy right here who's sitting here so quietly, Mark Wheelis. Um, I was going to say, you need to get me done pretty good because we're dropping like flies. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, from the 70s. 
That is true. That's one of the things, and, you know, Carrie and I talked about that. You're exactly right, Mark. You know, there have been some, we talk about some attempts to skateboarding history in Texas, and then some things that happened with some company called Black Box in Dallas, and they took all this footage, and it's never happened. And then there's been a couple of, you know, things, podcasts in Texas, and our friends Chase and Hondo at Dropping in Texas have done some stuff, et cetera. But outside of that, and outside of Al Coker in Dallas and his uh, skateboard museum, history, Texas Skateboard Museum, there's not been a whole lot done on Texas history. And the point you just made is it. We're getting older and we're not going to be around and the stories are going to be gone. And we want to get these stories from the people who, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, you mentioned, you know, I'm 56, Carrie's 52. To your 60, 66. Let's give a big shout out for Mr. I mean, Mark Wheeler. 50 66. years, 50 years of, of out from when I first started skateboarding. That's true. That's been a long time. And I think I get the sense as we've been talking a few minutes before this, I get the sense you're a little bit like me and Carrie where we're, we're in our 50s, but we're really like in our 40s. We're 10 yeah, years yeah. back still. <laughs> still I'm, kind of curious, so I'm in my 20s, dude, mentally. <laughs> <laughs> You're in your 20s mentally. Um, okay, so I'm going to do this because I thought this was cool. That was IQ points, by the way. Rainy Bear has <laughs> uh, uh, sent me this, um, and I'm going to get to this in just a second. But we're also, at the same time, as you see me fumble around, we've got some photos and stuff, and my iPad, I'm going to try to sync these in so that John can see that and this first picture i have here is a young man with a number 42 and i don't know two four six eight ten twelve motocross trophies this is mr mark wheelis how are you mark i'm, I'm good good I'm good mark wheelis tell us about this photo when and there and 42 is that always your number that was my number yeah okay i um i, I actually raced with that cast on Okay. Really? Oh, there's a cast in that photo. I didn't yeah. notice that. Okay. <laughs> That's rad. Okay, so talk about your day. So in the early days, before we even get to the skateboarding, motocross, two-wheeled speed, and jumping was your thing. Talk a little bit about those early years. Uh, yeah, my, my first love was, uh, you know, dirt bikes. I rode, I rode a friend's Rupp mini bike, you know, and I, I was hooked and mowed lawns for two years and bought my first mini bike. And then the mini enduro came out with the five, four speed clutch. Mm -hmm. and, and that was, I was hooked and I started racing then. So was there a, an actual legit motocross track in Austin back then? Well, Maynard, Maynard Downs Maynard had Downs. a track yep. and then uh, San Marcos had a track mm -hmm. and Southwest Park, uh, Southwest uh, Motocross Park and, and Lockhart. That in was, Lockhart. They had nationals there. They had that. It's called Rock Heart because you. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So, what years would have that been? Because we're going to get to 78 and all this. So, this would have been 72, 73. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I started. I started racing when I was 12, so I was like 69. And were you like the, did, did you have, did your parents back you and help no, you get? No, no. No. Okay, so this was the true 70s. You and your friends yep. got the toolboxes, bikes, and just did it yep. on your own. I hung out down at Cassins every day. Okay. I'd go down there and look at the bikes and hang out and just be a little grom. 
And, and this uh, is the evil Knievel era where everybody wanted to be evil Knievel, right? Well, I guess so, but you know, I was really into motocross. Just motocross was just the, just a competition and the adrenaline mm -hmm. of lining up, you know. So it was it more about racing rather than yeah. doing jumps, like yeah, big jumps. Racing, okay. Yeah, it wasn't stunt oriented. It yeah, was, no, it, it was competitive racing. Yeah, competitive okay. racing. I got you. Yeah. So. Okay, so that leads me in because I want to. I want to. I've got some points and some things. Uh, our good friend Kenny Payton, who's good friends with Mark Wheelis, um, has sent me some details and some questions to kind of dig along as we go through. But he mentions he mentions Kaysen, uh specifically um, early lines with Bill Kaysen's Yamaha, um, but that was before you before Aerosmith skateboards and before skateboarding yeah. and all that happened. Okay, mm -hmm. so back to the. Two wheels was your first love yeah. and the speed. How did you get into the racing? Were you just out and you just were good or what? I just, I was pretty good right off the bat with it. You know, I mean, I picked it up real fast and uh, within, I only had like a six year career because I had a bad accident. And, right. We'll get, we'll but, talk about okay, that. I want to mention okay. that. So, but just, but, but I, I, I was fully sponsored about my third or fourth year in. Third or fourth year, and at what yep. age would that have been? Still uh, in your teens, sixteen, seventeen, and right about that time, I was, I was still, I was just started skateboarding too. So, right. So there's some good photos of him on the motorcycle, and some ads or some mentions of him in the newspaper on the motorcycle, and just some really. Here's you on the uh, David Crockett High, the <laughs> Courier. Yeah. I'll show this to Carjack. Uh, motocross, America's fastest growing sport. So before skateboarding took that reign at some yeah, point. that's right. And this is December of 1983, Volume 6, David Crockett High School. So it must have been the high school courier. I can't remember, 1980, so it had to be 73, I guess. Or 73, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that, and it's got your name, Wheelis, 42. Mark Wheelis, 42. And there's a, I mean, this picture... I'll show this again to these guys real quick. If that's not the most epic photo of like just... I look like I'm a European there, don't I? You look like you're a European, <laughs> but you get all the trophies. And then there's even a picture here of you at Coda something first second first did oh, you yeah. win did you win something or was that just a photo that, that, was, you took? that was a fake take because i, oh, I just, okay. I just well, jumped on the middle one nice okay <laughs> okay so uh so i did horribly matter of fact before we <laughs> dig into um the lake whitney story back up just a little bit and we were talking earlier in the austin days and talking about some of the names so there was there you remember also the references of like the cedar choppers in the west south part of austin yeah. and the other, it was that was that for anybody whether they were football players skateboarders motocross people were there always those those are the, the people who live over here and those are the people that live over here and that's kind of the nicknames you gave them I, I guess uh, the cedar chopper thing was just a very small, select few that were kind of dangerous people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know. that's true. And they lived, but they lived out in the beautiful part of town, which wasn't yeah. really popular at that point. Cordovaca and out yeah. by the river and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, so where all the cedar trees were. <laughs> yeah, where all the cedar trees. Yeah, there aren't, aren't there as many cedar trees out there now. No, there's not. There's I mean, houses. They're, they're now. still in South Austin, though. Yep. Okay, so. 
Uh, once again, Kenny Payton, who hopefully we're going to be talking to soon. Um, good friend, and he's kind of like you, Carjack. He's got that memory going, and we're trying to... When I first talked and reached out to Mark, he... Uh, you know, was questioning his, you know, all the memory of the stuff that was happening. We're going to bring that up and we're stirred up and we're glad that you've been stoked to come share that with us. Some of the things that, that, um, Kenny mentioned in reference to, and it basically puts it like this. There's some things that you need to understand about Mark, such as, um, and I'm going to, take something from something else I read to this. You weren't only a Texas champion, you were destined to be a world-class top rider from everything he tells me until you got to this time at Lake Whitney. So at that time, were you, did you, do you remember, were you a rising star in? At, at the time that I had the, the accident, which was actually in, at Rio Bravo in Houston. I've been to Rio Bravo track, okay. A lot so, of trees. Right, right, so but before before that happened, were you one of the top I was, the, I was the fastest 125 expert in Texas, no, no, no doubt about it. Wow. Nice. And, and did you get to uh, compete outside of Texas? No, I never, I never went outside of Texas okay. to compete. But based there's, on... There's a lot of good tracks here. Right. Basically, this was before pre-Supercross, right? When did oh, Supercross yeah. Yeah, come I, in? I actually did race in Astrodome one time, so it was like Supercross. Oh, no shit. Yeah, Supercross was coming, was coming up, and it was... That's very yeah. cool. They had the over under back then. They had a, a jump. You had a little tunnel. That right. Would, and that, that way, the, the crossover. Connect, yeah, yeah, the crossover. Well, it's, as you were making your way back to get to the jumps, you would yeah. go through the right. tunnel yeah. and then it looked like people were jumping over you, yeah. basically. So I do remember that. So, um, and that's when we see all the photos of the of you getting the trophies. And that was where you got your, your I don't, you don't hate this word, Carjack, agroness, your extremeness. What word would you use? Your need for speed, your fuel for yeah. danger, adrenaline, your adrenaline yeah. junkie, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's all good. Um, so, Rio Bravo in Houston, which is a track that my dad used to take me to, and I remember climbing in and around different parts, and you could watch yeah. the bikes go around the berms. Where was that in Houston? It's I don't even remember. I think it was on the north side. Um, I don't remember exactly, but it was it was yeah. the big track that I remember, and it was outside the outskirts of Houston, whatever the case is. Well, it's just weird. It's still there. As a matter is fact, it? Okay, because in 1980, I want to say it was, my dad had a like off-road go-kart dune buggy track called the Baja Run, and it was out on I-10 on the west side out near Barker Cypress Road. I've been close to Rio Bravo. I didn't ever get to do motocross, but I did BMX stuff back then. There was a BMX track with the, you know, the starting gate and everything that would drop down. I was riding that by the time I was like seven or eight years old. And then we had this, my dad had this dune buggy track and i worked there when i was nine, that's fucking nine and ten and it was hurricane allen or hurricane alicia took it out oh yeah and yeah. he and his partner just cashed out the insurance and didn't start it back up after that um there's like a a gym there now or something i or think austin building. had one of those open up i don't know south i-35 yeah I'm back sure. in the 70s mm -hmm. or 80s well because that stuff was getting popular yeah. that's when um what was the the go-kart track, the Malibu, Malibu, yeah, Grand, Malibu Prix. Grand Prix. Yeah, those were just starting to come up. And they were like, well, we're not going to pour concrete and everything. Let's just, let's make it off-road. And they got the big knobby tire ones. And they no, were- Not much suspension. They had some zip. Tires. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
And we figured out that in the after hours when the place was closed, if you went at a bermed turn, there was a few places where the track doubled back. And if you didn't take the turn and you just shot it straight, you could jump the berm <laughs> and land on the next berm on the next part of the track going over. And that would get you thrown out if you were paying customer, but we were nine years old and we were doing that. Yeah. So to swing this back in, kids, we'd be getting some questions about, when you know, why are you guys, are you guys just going to be a bunch of old, old dudes talking about old stuff and all that? Again, this is a history of Texas skateboarding podcast and we're trying to make points. You should learn so when you get old farts like us, you can know your shit. So my point being... Yeah, you lecture them, Chip. You yeah, lecture them. That point being is why this is important, not just because we're going to get into his skateboarding career, but at that time, Evil Knievel and motocross was everyone's... Every kid's... It was either bikes or motocross. You're aggressive. This was before skateboarding kind of happened, so... The people who were jumping bikes and doing that thing made this natural transition into skateboarding. And I just, I don't know, I think that's cool. And that's why it's important to Texas history because shit, you know, you're going to be going from talking about somebody who was the top rider in the 125 class of this range to being one of the top skateboarders in the state of Texas within two years. So something like that. So, but real quick, I want to kind of tie off on the motocross. You mentioned about you being, you impaled. So do you want to talk about what happened at Rio Bravo? Well, uh, yeah, because it was kind of like, a, you know, they say in, in everybody's life, there's a one second that your life does a 180. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, that was yes. my one second. And I was, I, was in, I was in fifth gear and I had a flat rear tire and I'm just trying to, Finish up the, the that motor. I was in second at the time, and I was oh, like, "So you're really pushing, trying to get?" Yeah, I wanted, but but it didn't pay off. <laughs> and I, I high sided and I got thrown ahead of the bike, mm. hit the ground, and and then hit the tree four feet up, <gasps> and above the snow fence, which lined the track. And then my legs went around one side of the tree, and my arms went around the other side, and I just bent like that, and my gloves came off on my your side of your body or your belly. The, my side, like yeah. right here. And my arm, arms extended so fast, my gloves came off. And they, and they were oh, held on by Velcro. So Holy like shit. Full on like Wiley Coyote. Yeah. I mean, I went from going. That, I mean, if you recreated that in cartoon form, it'd be like, boing, 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 yeah. you know, something. It, it would have gone viral if we had it on video. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, and you, when you talk about that fence, that's the, the, the orange that's what, that's the netted white, the white plastic fence. fence yeah, or, it's wood, you know. But back then it was actually like a pick, white picket fence. It wasn't it. protected, but it was a barrier for the but, outer part of the track. Yeah, yeah. It kind of lined the course. So you, you wrecked, threw yourself in front of the bike, and then bounced up four feet. Yeah, four feet. Well, now, so you said you high-sided. Yeah, high-sided. So for, yeah. for people listening that yeah. don't understand motorcycles, high-siding on a motorcycle is the equivalent of getting speed wobbles on a skateboard. And when yeah. you lose, the, you have that horrible feeling for a second where you know you're about to lose complete control and you know you're going to eat it and there's nothing yeah, yeah. you can do about it. You're thinking it. about what you at that. Yeah. yeah. High-siding is when you're you're front wheel, your handlebars get crossed up from your back and the bike goes sideways and it pitches you over the handlebars. It's an absolutely horrible feeling when you know it's about to happen. Yeah, it's, it's bad. You, uh, you just, you, you, you just kind of close your eyes yep. and you just try and ball up if mm -hmm. you can. And it's not like a regular day. You're in second eyeing first place yeah. trying to get there and just lost it. And I mean, motocross is dangerous. Let's... <laughs> 
yeah. as dangerous as it gets, really, you know, so that's crazy. So um, at that point, real quick, had you started skateboarding at that point? Yeah, I was skateboarding. Okay, so you already were. I'll get back to that. But it said this happened pre-urethane wheels, um, and then the, the factories couldn't insure him with only one kidney. So did you lose a kidney? Yeah. No, I lost a quarter of my pancreas. Was lopped off the end of it. My my liver was severed. My 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 uh, uh, splenectomy. They took that out because that was crushed, and it broke. And my, the bike came up and hit me up against the tree too. So the bike <laughs> the bike chased me into the tree. Oh shit! So I broke all my ribs on both sides were broke, and and the ribs went in, and that's what did all the internal injuries. Oh man! So. And also um, uh, glossary with Mark Wheelis. Your pancreas was lopped off. The lopped yeah. off, and they lopped off. That means it is well, snipped. Yeah, it severed. is severed off. So lopped off. Here's the thing Mark about Williams. that, though, is <laughs> that uh, the doctor that did the surgery on me owned the hospital. It was a private hospital, and he he wanted to do the surgery, so he did the surgery on me, and he sewed that. He took out the piece that was lopped off, and, <laughs> and he sewed it back into that duct, which is where your pancreas secretes the insulin, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it still works to this day. Oh, <laughs> fuck yeah. That was 74, so that was Do you have any lasting effects from that injury at this point? Isn't no. that just nuts? And yeah. it sounds like you said, it sounds like a wily e. Coyote just boing against, yeah. oh, that sounds so gnarly. Yeah, I was in ICU for two weeks, and I wasn't supposed to live. They, they read me my rights. So it was, it was wow. like the $6 million man kind of situation. Yeah, I guess I didn't get any really any extra parts. I lost parts, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah no bionics uh, coming in. It's amazing. My doctor said, don't, you know, he said, you got to quit drinking. And I, of course, I didn't, and, and it still works to this day. But oh, we're going to get into that. And just, man, <laughs> first off, we're stoked that you're here, and that's why it's important to history because... He wasn't supposed to be, and then he turns out to be not only top in one sport, but moves to another. So that's that's pretty rad. So did that basically take out your competitive racing well, career? Well, I continued to race. I was racing three months after I got out of the hospital. Holy I, I put, shit. Three months? Back, yeah, and I, and I moved up to 250, and I, I just wasn't as I was riding scared. <laughs> Wait a second. Right. Wait I mean, a second. Kill me. Uh uh, I just almost killed myself on a 125, so three months, let's go up to a 250. What yeah. was your thinking? <laughs> like, seriously, what was your thinking? I don't just, know. I you needed stayed. more? You think you'd be safer on a bigger bike? Well, they say that they're safer than 125 because 125 you haul ass, but you you don't have the power to pull you out of out of. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not a motorcycle racer, so I didn't realize. So it's too light of a bike. It's it doesn't dig in. I mean, okay. I was always pulling. I was always doing faster lap times than, than guys on two fifties and on practice. Right, 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 right. That's crazy. I, <laughs> yeah, they were fun to ride. They were two strokes too. And so, at this point, were you already uh, skateboarding as well? Yeah, I was. I was so doing, doing a lot both of, at the same time. I was just kind of riding ditches, and so that's a perfect because because Kenny Payton asked ask him about his transition to skateboarding and why and why your alliance with Bill Kason's Yamaha um, was important, and then going to Aerosmith with Starvin Marvin. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of what you were kind of what was your transition into skateboarding? Was it that need? 
Yeah. Well, I, 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 I love motocross. I mean, it's in your blood, and it, it's hard to, it's hard to walk away from that sport. Sport, but I, I just, I was, I wasn't, I was competitive. Mm-hmm. I was still competitive, but I wasn't gonna win the way I used to, and so I just wanted to concentrate on skateboarding. Yeah. And so I quit because I quit riding, and that's the only way I could quit because you just I had need, to, you had a clean break. And skateboarding, I loved it. I loved doing it. And yeah. So, well. Hey, of course, and and something I'm going to read here in a second. Was this oh, go at the ahead. point where were skate parks starting to get built at this point? So you had not like yet. Good place? I mean, they were just starting to build them out in California. Right. Texas what, hadn't seen one yet. You what know? year was the accident? Seventy four. Seventy four. So, so it would have been a, it would have been a couple of years because yeah. seventy six was the first Carlsbad Park, and then Holly Hills, Holly Hills yeah. was right after yeah. that. So in seventy six. So there's your two years of skateboarding. That's I'm going to mention something here about that. So you were just into it. Two years. Aerosmith was already around at that point. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that started as a skate shop versus a board company, right? It was a board company, but they were, I mean, it was just a solid piece of... No, no, no. We're gonna, yeah, yeah, we're going to yeah. get into that. But, well, no, but yeah, to tie thing. off... Yeah, that was the weird thing is the, the places that were making their own skateboards back then, it wasn't laminated plywood. Sure. It was a solid oak plank, usually yeah. oak, but it yep. was, they were, they were hefty <laughs> pieces <laughs> of lumber. They were about this big too, yeah. about that wide. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. we wrote those things. Uh, and they still weigh as much as a modern skateboard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, not as a quick tangent, but I'm going to say this. Uh, it took fingerboarding quite a long time to get to that point because now they're doing boards out of seven-ply laminates yeah, and shutting and shape them and all that. We don't need to get into the fingerboard so, thing. Yeah, we went into that earlier. So <laughs> anyway, I just thought I'd mention that because I'm going to bring that up detailed in another episode. Mark Wheelis, Kenny Payton, Mark... Please, you have to understand, Wheelis was already known as the raddest person on any wheels in Texas. Um, and so before I ask you about, well, okay, I'm going to go ahead and finish this first part of this. And then I'm going to get into the question. Was the bike jump before or after the time frame we're talking about? Oh, the bicycle jump? Was was that later? That was later. Okay, we'll get to that. There's a bicycle jump. Um, Ask him about driving your Volkswagen. Did you have a Volkswagen? Yeah. Was it a bug? Yeah. Okay. Down auditorium shores while rolling a joint in a Frisbee and then telling your passenger to take over, handing the Frisbee to the co-pilot, and driving out of the door, (laughs) end rolling down a grassy... Oh, falling out of the door and rolling down a grassy median while laughing hysterically. Okay, wait a minute. That's a lot to unpack. Do you remember a story of rolling a joint while you're driving down auditorium shores and falling out? The rolling a joint wasn't part of the deal, but... uh, (laughs) But I would t- I, get, I would get my bug up to about forty, and I would and my friend Dale he'd take the wheel from the passenger side, and I'd open the door and I'd jump out and just dive out. <laughs> and Is dive- this on the Riverside <laughs> Drive? Yeah, Auditorium yeah. Shores. <laughs> yeah, you, and there was always like a free concert. Or oh yeah, yeah, for I, sure. An audience. For sure. Oh wait, was this an entrance? An in, like your red carpet into an event yeah. or something? Well, oh, but, yeah, it's over by the city college. I mean, I would right? literally, I'd, I'd dive and I'd go to my chest and I'd just slide because you're going so fast. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> and until I scruffed off enough speed, and then you start doing ragdoll, and, and then you lie there for a second. People are thinking, "What's oh my god?" And they're running towards you. And Dale, the Bob, Dale's going down. He jumped over, goes down, turns around, <laughs> come back, and I jump up and get back in the car when you leave. Was this like uh, how you'd make an uh, an appearance at Aquafest or something? Yeah, we yeah we just did it just to get it just rise, whatever yeah. just to get a rise out of people. We're doing that. <laughs> we were doing jackass stuff back in the. Oh, that's pretty good. Well, it, it, yeah, I mean stuff, that but, was pre jackass, you know stuff you were doing stuff that obviously became now you all the money that people are making on that i did that a bunch of times that wasn't a one-shot deal i did that <laughs> we did it all the time that's crazy so did he as soon as you jump out did he have to lift his leg over to like the yeah, stop he, yeah, and he, stop the car and the bug well he just, I mean, kinda, he just are small he so. just climb over the shifter you know which is right there in the center and he can get you know take it over you know we we, we practice that stuff we did car surfing, you know, yeah. just all kinds of. <laughs> that is freaking crazy. Okay, so um, wait, 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 wait. oh, there's more. Trust me, yeah, I'm just gonna go on, into on the same because same timeline. Were you at the uh, the giant ZZ Top concert at the football stadium at UT in '74? No, I didn't do that. I didn't go there. Because apparently, eighty thousand people were there. It was gigantic, and it was such a crazy thing that UT was like, we'll never do. Oh, yeah. People were cutting up the... Yeah, people were tearing it up and, yeah. and people were complaining from like five miles away about how loud the sound was. Yeah. And so they never did it again. But I've never met anybody who was actually there. And I'm like, there was 80,000 people there. Yeah, I don't, and there was only like 100,000 people in Austin back then. Yeah, yeah. I know. That was... I remember that though. I do remember that. Uh, they... Yeah, that I don't understand that one board. That yeah, let's see that. Let's. I don't. Get, We're looking at I more never photos quite now. Get this board right here or this one here. I just the middle one. It's the one with the cutouts where the wheels yeah, are. It looks yeah. like a modern downhill board yeah. with the cutaways so yeah. that you don't get wheel bite. So yeah. I transitioned them by showing a picture. I'm gonna again try to put up pictures. We're, hopefully, John will be able to edit those in a little better. But that is Aerosmith skateboards, and then I'm gonna get into something here as we move into. So you were talking about '74, then up to '76. The parks open. Yeah. Flo Motion didn't open for another year or two, so that wasn't open quite yet. You were skating ditches and stuff, and you were already connected with Aerosmith, which was a wood board company out of Austin, Texas, yeah. um, that John now also had something to do with, but he wasn't the owner. The owner's, do you know the owner's name? I've heard it um, before. A Mac, Mac, uh, oh, he's going to kill me if I don't. That's fine. This. But there's uh, another guy named Tom Gregory and, and Mac. Not Mac Whiteside, Mac McKinley. McKinley, that sounds familiar. And that was basically still in the oak plank. Uh, with If you had a kicktail, it would have been a, uh, a, a wedge. added a wedge, wedge yeah. piece yeah. to it. Glued on. Um, yep. Yep. Now, I own an Aerosmith board mm -hmm. that I got from a guy who founded at Goodwill. <laughs> I paid way more than he did then, but I got one. And then we're friends with John now, who you were friends with. He said, so at that time, so in Austin, I understand that there were... South Austin and North Austin guys. I don't know if they have the nicknames, but but South Austin would have been you, Kenny, Kenny Payton, mm -hmm. and then John Now and whoever else was up north, right? And yeah. but were you guys like that's the North Crew? We got to be better than them, or were you guys all kind of skating no, together? All, I mean, back then there were so few skaters. You knew everybody who skated. Well, so. and that's right. that's kind of a thing with Austin. As we talk about the skateboard world, you know, compared to Houston or Dallas, where there's so many different cliques and crews, mm -hmm. Austin has always been this family thing. It's been yeah. the BMXers have been cool with the skaters, and the skaters are cool with the motocross yeah. and et cetera. And Austin has always had that vibe. So it's it, you know, as opposed to like Booger talks about in Galveston, he had the Wolf Pack on mm -hmm. one 
mountainside in yeah. the cow town and they had to be invited and they had to do better. I mean, it's like a yeah. thing. So, yeah. you know, at that point. Almost like surfing. You know, do you remember, like, yeah. do you remember Booker from back then? I, I should, but okay. I, I, but my mind is, uh, I think I might have <laughs> dementia setting in. Beers, wrapping yourself around trees. Yeah. I've had a lot, and, of, a lot of concussions. And all those, how many, do you know how many you've had? I've had at least at least 20 good ones oh, boy. over the course Damn. of my life, yeah. So, easily. Yeah. Yeah. Wear a helmet, I guess, I you know, we should say wear a helmet, but you and I, our helmets are our hats. I can't skate without a hat on. I feel stupid. And so that's my helmet, but whatever. Anyway, well, <laughs> kids, wear your helmets. Yeah, um, yeah. So back in those early days, tell us when you transitioned from the motocross into skating and you were doing all that stuff, what were y'all skating around? What were what were you skating? Uh, we used to, we had ditches all over Austin, you know, that we'd ride. Was Pflugerville already? Pflugerville the, was one. Okay. You know, that was a great ditch. Okay. Do you remember uh, other spots that you hit a lot? There's or, another one under Mopac. Where it went down and it was a like a one sided ditch, one wall, but it was underneath the Mopac and and it had a little little thing shot up from the the ditch, mm-hmm. a little about this wide, and it was a little corner. And I used to go down and hop that little corner and ride up. Was that the Mopac ditch over off of Enfield? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I used to skate that back yep. in the eighties whenever I'd come visit my grandmother. Yeah, that was one. That was one. That's right. That was close to where she lived. Okay, so before I get to that story, I'm going to go. You just brought up something that Kenny brought up, and I'm going to do it, and it has to do with what is now called hot lips. I'm sorry, not hot lips, five hips. What is now called five hips, and he sent me well, that's, a story. That's the ditch by Crockett High School right off yes. of Stastny by the railroad oh, yeah, tracks. Yeah, yeah. Goes well, behind those apartments. I never rode that ditch much. Uh, he talks about you walked in, and I'm trying to find where he mentions it, but he said you walked into that ditch, got out of your car, and there's this one part of the ditch that goes up to the trestles, and you went and did some kind of a tail tap and whatever, and then left or something. Something of that nature. I don't remember exactly. Dude, if you can um, get from those bank to walls find... onto the train trestles, that's that's gnarly. I think that Kenny just, you know, he's, he's just trying to help a help a brother out. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, he, he sent me a bunch of stuff, and I'm trying to flip through as you guys are talking about things to not to not deaden it. But man, he talks about that ditch somewhere in there that you just freaking killed it but okay that's fine so you guys were skating the ditches and all that and that was before um uh flow motion came in which is the first park in austin texas so you're skating you're connected with the aerosmith crew and was the contest in san antonio that was before the Pepsi stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. That's how I so got let's talk line. about that contest in San Antonio, which we've brought up a few times. It was the tech, considered the Texas State Champs. There was 200 people, skaters, and 800, 900, 1,000 spectators, like crazy big. Remember, the, the it was uh, Pepsi, Continental Airlines, San Antonio Festival, somebody were the sponsors and that sort of thing. 
Um, I don't know if you remember any of that stuff or getting free swag or. Yeah, I got. Some, well, I got Stacy Peralta gave me a set of Bones Wheels. So nice. That was, oh, that okay. Was, that was that was good. Yeah. Right. I love Stacy Peralta. Right. You like, mentioned that before that he was one of yeah. your idols. And, yeah. Well, okay. Before I get to the San Antonio contest, what were you guys thinking in Texas as far as you were hearing everything either through some kind of media, which radio maybe? What were you hearing about skateboarding other than Texas? Well, the the magazines were out, you know, and, Already. and, and Tony Alva and Dogtown, mm -hmm. you know, that was that was something we kind of yeah, I think that was still towards. right at that forming time frame. Yeah, um, but a lot of the stuff, and I'm going to get to something here in a second because it comes after this contest that has to do with that. That's a pretty remarkable statement in a article you were mentioned in. But in that San Antonio contest, this would have been October 28th of 1978, San Antonio, and. And in the freestyle 19 over, which was your senior division, master's yep. division, yeah, 19 was... years and older, uh, first place was Mark Wheelis, freestyle. Third now, place quick was... quick question on that. What exactly did freestyle mean at that point? Uh, I don't just, think it means a lot of, what people think it means now. It's like a circus. Circus is in town. Not the Daniel yeah. Gesmer stuff that you bring up in the other episode, yeah. but it's tic-tacking. Yeah, like, that nose, like nose three sixes. Yes, that would have, but it would have been like the 70s equivalent of having a, a street skating event yeah. at the contest. Yeah, just flat. No, by the mid-80s, yeah. yeah. most skate contests were... The vert ramp and then the street contest. Yeah, yeah. And then if there was freestyle, it was guys doing the little finger flips and yeah, yeah, yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. But in the seventies, freestyle was actually freestyle. It was just well doing you know, whatever you three sixties, one footed yeah. three sixties, nose, both feet on the nose, and you and I and basically just on flat ground, right? Yeah, flat yeah. ground, yeah. Okay. Exactly. So in that contest, because we also bring up a name that comes up quite a bit, and that's Bobby Morrow. Yeah, he was, he yeah. got third place, um, and you got first place. So you got first place in freestyle. Then we move over to slalom, and you got second place, I believe. Yeah. And Tom Maroney yeah. got first place, if that sounds yeah. familiar. He was another guy from Austin, right? Yep. Tom, and that was just straight Tom racing, Roney. right? Yeah, just did the cones. Was it a, a flat cone setup or was it downhill? It was it was in a ditch. It was in a ditch. Yeah. Yeah, just down the middle of it. That stuff's fun. It is a lot of fun. Um so and then okay, so you got a first to the second freestyle of slalom, bank and bowl. Uh, Bobby Morrow, who got third in freestyle, got first in bank and bowl. You got second place in oh, bank and bowl. So pretty close, bank and bowl. And bank and bowl at that time was, as we learned, the park started with the flat freestyle areas. They moved up, and it was a bank that then transitioned into a bowl. Yeah. Does that sound what you remember? Ha had you ever skated this park in San Antonio before? Man, I, I lived down there, man. I was going down there. Okay, so you got to go down. So how yeah. did you get there? My yellow bug. Okay, because, oh, that's right, because <laughs> you were diving out of over at Auditorium <laughs> Shorts. Right. Holy shit, we got Kenny Payton. Should I go ahead and answer it? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Note the time. Holy shit, Kenny Payton. I don't know if we can get you where you can listen, but we are actually recording. What are you doing? 
Holy moly, I'm sitting out on my um, patio under my palapa waiting for the whales to swim by. <laughs> well, shit, you've been, we've been reading your text that you have given questions in, about, Mark. We're only about uh, 57 minutes in, and you said you were going to call, and God dang it, you're calling. Kenny, say hi to Mark. Mark, say hi to Kenny. What's up, Kenny? Thank, thanks hi, for the, Mark. How you doing? I'm all right. What what you got? You want me to just set the phone down and have you listen in, or, or you got something real quick? Because we we got a, we got an interview to happen. Yeah, sure. Y'all interviewing? I don't mind. I'd love to listen in. Okay. Uh, I, I was ask, tell ask Mark, and Mark knows uh, a, a lot more than I do about the pre like seventy seven years. Well, hell, he knows a lot more than a lot of us. But ask him about the Prado brothers. Yeah, they were some. They were some good South Austin skaters. Yeah, they were pretty good. They were. They did a lot of flatland freestyle, and they never did a lot of. Okay. Well, I tell you what. I tell you what, Kenny. I'm gonna just set you down, and you can chime in when you want if you can hear us. I don't know how this is gonna work because I've never done it, but um, we're talking to him right now about that San Antonio contest. First place in freestyle, second place in slalom. Bank and Bowl. Bobby Morrow got first place. Mark got second, and Pipe nineteen and over. Mark gets first place in Pipe and Bobby Morrow's second. So Bobby Morrow and you were going at it for sure. It was. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, he, he was good. Who? Tom Smith. Oh, Tom Smith. Tom yeah. Smith was in there. That's that name is in there. So in that contest in in October of 1978, Stuart Singer and uh, Donnell Distribution he got first place overall, which was the accumulation of all the events. You, sir, were second place and noted as one of the rising upcoming stars. Yep. What do you remember about that acclaim and about people talking to you about that at that time? I uh, got a job working for Pepsi right after that because some one of the pros that came into town to judge uh, had told them about me. They offered right. him a job, and he said, no, but I know a guy in Texas. And I was I flew out to New York and like not long after that. That's very cool because Pepsi was one of the big sponsors at that time yeah. and one of the early sponsors of you know skateboarding and that kind of world. So when you so, say you got a job with them, yeah. they they put you on tour and yeah, doing was, demos. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was low stress. Yeah, just traveling yeah. around with the Pepsi ramp you and just, doing yeah, demos. You roll for, into a town, you you've got your 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 show scheduled mm -hmm. usually at, a, at an event or something like a, a fair mm -hmm. or something or, mm -hmm. or a 49ers Jets halftime. That's pretty awesome. You did the, the 49ers versus the New York Jets halftime show. Yeah. 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 Now at we're gonna Jets do... Stadium in New York. Yeah. That's badass. It was. It was I was nervous too. Was no. really nervous. <laughs> now real quick, I'm going to transition out and get into that because I actually have something to read from that. But so that was October 1978. And so you're saying before January of that year, you were on the Pepsi thing. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I actually have the Pepsi contract. <laughs> Mark Wheeler who was on Village Path in 78744. This letter, when signed both of us, will constitute an agreement between the Pepsi-Cola company, you and the Pepsi-Cola company, a division of PepsiCo. I'll paraphrase a little bit. 
But basically, when you sign this contact, you are a team exhibition um, with PepsiCo Inc. You have exclusive trademark rights. They talk about all that stuff. You're uh, hereby agree to you hereby agree to serve as a team member for the PepsiCola. Skate team, the team, um, and acknowledge his position as a skateboard team member in full position and agree with it and devote and all that. Da, 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 signed, you and Pepsi. Yep. That's pretty yeah. freaking rad of the company that had, I don't know how many ramps that were touring the country at that point, but had multiple ramps that were traveling around yeah. that were part of those tours. We wore our shorty shorts and, and uh, you know, we had to, had to act like professionals. So the first night that we were in Newburgh, New York, which is right outside of PepsiCo, where PepsiCo company is, we're going down the highway, and I told Kenny that, the, and there's another Kenny, he, the roller skater on our team, I said, look, get it up to about 65 or 70, and don't hit the brakes, all right? And so mm -hmm. I climbed down on the front of the car and put my heels on the windshield and started leaning in, like, <laughs> you know, because the wind will actually hold up and put your hands out like a ski jumper yeah. does, and go down the highway... <laughs> <laughs> and a, a, a highway officer is going the other direction. <laughs> and did he and do a U-turn? He did. He jumped the median, and Kenny jumped the median to come back. Oh so shit! He was <laughs> and when he Joking pulled, away clean? Well, no. <laughs> this is our first stop. Oh and so my god! I was did going, you get arrested? I was going, Kenny. We're we're going home. We're going home. It's over. It's over. <laughs> and the cop comes along and says, "What is this Pepsi thing?" And we went, "Well, we're, we work for Pepsi, and and uh, you know we're skateboard for them." And he goes, "Look, you boys go down and get you something to eat, and then get back to your hotel room. I'll okay. let you off the yeah. hook." Because Kenny was yeah. <laughs> Man, that's freaking crazy. And as, as, as the other Kenny's listening into us, he's not lying. You were just all, if you weren't, he, he told the story about driving the bug and then rolling out on the hill. I mean, just you were doing crazy shit no matter what. You were off your kilter at that. I know, I know. Early on, something like that. Hey man, you got to have a little fun. Got to have a little fun. Yeah. But definitely somebody, like I said, is going for that extreme. So, okay, San Antonio contest, October 1978. You're two years skating. You're with... Uh, Aerosmith, you're winning contests, you're getting second place overall in all of these different disciplines and then a few months later in January of 1978 so not 79. even... 79. No, 1978. Well this contest was in October 78. 78. The, this, so you're uh, either talking about oh, 10 months earlier or right. 10 months all or right. well, 3 months okay, later. So there you go, it was actually before this contest. Okay. For some reason, I misread that. But anyway, this is in Skateboard World Magazine, January of 1978, before, I guess, you got to this contest in San Antonio. We yeah. should also ask him before I read this, do you remember the shenanigans of uh, Dave Hackett and those guys throwing yeah, chairs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you remember about them getting busted in trouble? The bad guys versus the good guys like Stacy. Well, they were, they were just like spitting on skaters and stuff. Alba was there. Right, and they were spitting on the skaters while they're in the half pipe, and I was just going, "Man, you mean the competitors? The pros were spitting on the on the competitors." <laughs> we have not. Okay, that's some stirring some feathers I, shit. I think this is where the infamous scene in Thrashing, the movie, came from, where they threw the jacks in the bowl to take out Corey Webster. So yeah. I, I I think that was uh, we've heard inspired yeah, by yeah. true events. We've heard already that there were the good guys and the bad guys, but that they were just partying and and just throwing yeah. chairs and all that. But you're saying. 
So do you think they were doing that because they saw the level in Texas was better than they thought it was? No, or why were they, so, were they no, just like, they were just fuck heckling. you guys? They were just being assholes. Yeah, they were heckling you. Yeah. Now, do you remember yeah. specifically which ones might be doing that? Was well, it in this? I know Alba did spit on a friend of mine. And, Alv, and Alba. Alba. Not Alba, but Alba. Alba, Steve Alba. Yeah. And, and who also apparently acquired some equipment out of the pro shop after they got kicked out of the contest before they went to the uh, ammo pipes uh, and then Hackett and yeah. Valdez. Who were the other ones we said were? Was Blackheart there? Blackheart was there. Steve Olsen hit on my girlfriend too. <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> he did. That's pretty good. Dude. Girlfriends all around. Dude, Kenny, I'm, I'm telling you what, yeah, Kenny. Which girlfriend, right? I've got a couple of pictures that I put. He is a good-looking buff dude. He's like fucking all stacked. I'm sure he had a lot of the you-know-what ladies. Oh, man, so, sometimes I used to, uh, I'd meet a girl, and she'd say, oh, you ride skateboard, and I'd think I was making time, and she'd say, you know Mark Willis? Oh, yeah, I know Mark. Tell that fucker to call me. <laughs> oh. She was gorgeous. Jenny? A little yeah. Skinny Jenny, that's the one that Steve Skinny Olsen was Jenny. hitting. That's the one Steve yeah. Olsen was hitting oh, yeah. on. Yeah. She was cute. Olsen, we're going to have to get, if you ever hear this, Olsen, we're going to have to ask you about this. I mean, met him recently, so you know. Hey, Olsen's he's, awesome. He's cool. He was great, but we you have to. You're gonna have to talk about hitting on Mark Wheelis's up and coming Texas Ripper <laughs> girlfriend. All right, Kenny, keep chiming in here every once in a while. I'm gonna keep moving on. This is freaking hilarious. Olsen probably thought that story. Can we would... know a little more about this. Um, do you remember when some guys from San Marcos were uh, from Southwest Texas were gonna hold that big contest at the Bastrop Pool? And then they apparently split out with everybody's entry money. Oh, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Yeah, Sounds that like some shenanigans. The, I think the uh, San Antonio contest. I think that pretty sure they went to Mexico on a surf trip. They were Houston kids that were uh, in the process of flunking out of school in San Marcos. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I would say never, a, never trust anybody who spot. went to Texas State. <laughs> I went to Texas State. All right, Kenny, hold on. Just listen up. <laughs> keep chiming in, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep moving things along. This is freaking hilarious. Thank you. No, no, no. That's okay. We'll get. I've got to fly phone up here. Okay. So here's what I want to get into. So you moved into that. So here is. This is pretty freaking cool, and you have this on your page. This is the Skateboard World magazine in the January, and Rainy Bear has had this, has the actual magazine, and sent me a better picture of this. So I'm going to read and paraphrase most of this, but this is pretty cool. It's not that long. Mark Wheelis is one of the top writers for Aerosmith team in Texas. Native Austin has been writing for years, for two years. Uh, before that, he was a top motocross writer, like we talked about. His current talents include total control in pools, and on banks, wood, or otherwise. Mark is a top freestyle artist and slalom racer. Every time he sees or reads about a new maneuver, he practices until he gets wired. That's freaking rad because you weren't seeing it. You had to do your own interpretation, basically. Uh, you might have been seeing photos, but his freestyle repertoire. So you had a bag of tricks. Your repertoire... Yeah, he was nuts. I was there the day he learned inverts. 
The day he uh, learned frontside ollie in the half pipe, he was smacking his tail on the lip to get air. Oh, boy. Hold on, Kenny. Hold on. Let me finish this. Smacking. Uh, smacking. Uh, his freestyle repertoire includes incredibly diverse maneuvers, which includes double kick flips. I'm going to get back to that in a second. And head spinners, tie side 360s, advanced footwork, and all types of jumps, aerials, and endless spacewalks. Kick flips. This was pre-Rodney Mullen. This is not the same kick flip. Describe this kick flip versus well, you know so where you first, put your foot on the side of the board and, and, and you flip it using yeah, yes, like a toe you, flip you, toe flips yeah. okay and then I could do like a one eight where the board spins a one right but that's still rad at that Very time when in freestyle nice. um, he you hit three I mean uh, twenty three sixties consistently or close to that um, Damn. Uh, he's hot whether he's competing in freestyle slalom downhill or on the ver vertical some of his recent victories include placing either first or second in every contest he entered in Texas Ooh, that man. year. Holy shit. At 19, he surprised spectators and skateboarding experts and placing seventh in Colorado Pro-Am at right. Breckenridge, skated in the pro division of giant slalom and turned freaking heads, says Mac McKinley, who wrote that. Oh, right? and, and he Holy to be, shit. Mac McKinley happened to be the owner of Aerosmith, so you know why that was... Yeah. Oh, he's the owner of Aerosmith. Okay, so I did not know so that. So that was a press release is what that was. <laughs> Basically. I yeah. think in seventh place, though, in, in Boulder, that was crazy. Good. What's that, Kenny? I, I, I got up to Boulder right after Mark had been up there, which is one of the reasons um, I didn't go to that contest in San Antonio because I was supposed to be going. I had my first job, and I was making money to go to San Diego, and then my uncle moved to Boulder. So I talked to Mark before I went, and he told me about a, a big ramp they had set up on the slalom area, but they hadn't built that pool yet. But those guys in Colorado all remembered Mark. All right. Uh, Kenny, I'm putting up a picture of, uh, that's why the concrete work of is him. so bad on flow motion. So, yeah. okay, is that you? What is that picture of that you guys see here right here of you as a buff young dude? I mean, you're a good-looking yep. surfer, dude. You got the My surf question shorts. Is, are you hip. finishing concrete in this yeah. So what are you doing yeah. in this picture? This is why the concrete was horrible. So this is part of flow motion. <laughs> so you helped build flow motion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hell yes. That's how we got overhang on the water. Uh-huh. See? Because kick you back in. But that, that, to me, that says that that park is more legit because it was built by skateboarders. But, but when you see the concrete, you kind of go. <laughs> like, well, I mean, it's not to the same skateboarders level. Skateboarders who might not know what they were doing. They had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> What's that, Kenny? Um, no. You see him there working every day. Um, I'd ride up there on my skateboard, and those guys would, uh, the first thing they finished, I think, was the freestyle area. And if you go up there and work a couple hours, Mark was actually on the payroll. But if oh. I was just a Grom, and I'd go up there and work a few hours, and they'd let me skate right before dark. And then I was, uh, I had a, a paper bag full of 32-ounce Dr. Pepper bottles, and I was going to cash them in at Safeway. 
and I was skating to the park so I could skate the rest of the way to the park. And I got attacked by a pit bull and the, uh, the, the bag of bottles landed in front of me on the sidewalk and I landed there and still went to the skate park. I had blood all over me and those guys never charged me ever again. (laughs) It was just like, no, this kid really wants to skate. I didn't have anywhere else to go. Oh my God. I'd be a witness if I bled to death. Sorry about that. Dude, getting attacked. I remember seeing Mark, and part of that park they had to redo. Yeah. Um, there's probably pictures of Mark skating it before they put the, with just the scratch coat on it. Yeah. Take out some of the, try yeah. to take out some of the ripples. We've, we've yeah. got yeah. some of the, the photos that, we got some, what's that? Ask Mark about which parts they redid because they were so lumpy. That, the, um, we the, ended up with a small section of the half pipe. Snake run. The snake run was, half pipe. That was better. Right. Yeah. That was better. Yeah. Were y'all just doing like a skim coat? Yeah. To try to even yeah. it all out? Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Well, and, and Kenny, hold on a second. You you mentioned in here is I kind of want to move along a couple of things that. Well, uh, hang on. I, before you go there, I okay. just got to say. Getting attacked by a pit bull while you're on your way to the skate park and you're carrying a bag of bottles to take for the deposit return, that is about the most South Austin 78704 story I can think of. That's as South Austin as it gets. That is as South Austin as it gets. Safeway had Surfer and Skateboarder magazine. On the rack? On the rack, so if the skateboarder wasn't there, you'd get the surfer, and there'd usually be some uh, skateboard-related ads in there, too. That's rad. Hey, Kenny, I'm going to refer to this. We're going to move in a little bit more and tell us... mention something about the Pepsi team. Oh, we're good. oh you want to mention something? Yeah, we did talk about the Pepsi team. What do you want to mention before I yeah, get to Mark, uh, penthouse um, people? I have a I have a, a bad history of getting caught by Mark riding his ramps. Well, the Pepsi ramp was in Austin at the Kensington Arms Hotel out by the Mueller Airport. Mm-hmm. I recall and that. So me and my friend Gary Bixler, who was rad, he could kick flip his eight wheeler. We decided to uh, to Yahoo it, and the ramp was folded down, but. <laughs> We got in a few rides before the hotel door opened, and this guy said, hey, what are y'all doing? And it was Mark, and I think maybe Tim Scroggs, and a hotel room full of uh, girls from Dripping Springs where they had just done a benefit or a demo <laughs> from the Dripping Springs High School. And, uh, so High school, was- as he was 19 or 20 at that point. Okay. Uh, I think he was probably 20 by then, but, you know, those, those uh, long-legged blondes from out in Dripping Springs, they had they knew how to party. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Uh, the Pepsi team stuff is epic, and you may have some more stories about that, but I, I got to bring this up to Kenny Payton, who's on phone, and I'm looking at my phone, so I'm sorry for those of you on YouTube looking. This is awkward, but this is freaking hella funny. Um, uh, there was a girl you might notice in one of the flow motion videos that worked the water slide, changed her name to Cody Carmack, and became a penthouse pet, pet of the year Playmate pet or something. And then Kenny also mentioned something about some 
play uh, Playboy playmates or something, and you chasing a girl on some bikes or something. What's that story? I don't remember chasing anybody on a bike. No, is no, that not it? Jumped, he jumped over six Alfa Romeos oh. on a bike. Oh well, okay. Let's tell that story then. So that's but does that tie into the girl's story? So the girl, the penthouse girl. I think her name was Cheryl. Her real name. And in that video of Flow Motion, yeah, she um, a lot of slide. that was on, I guess, the news or something, she's wearing a hot pink bikini. And I was down here in Mexico watching a pirate satellite dish. And they said, all right, Cody Carmack, Miss Bob Guccione, who was the publisher of Penthouse, is going to pull. It was a wild feed on the pirate dish of the New York State Lottery. <laughs> And I was looking at her and I said, holy shit, that's the chick Cheryl from the water slide. <laughs> so not only did she become a, a pet, which is like a playmate, and pet of the year, she became the owner of that magazine by marrying the publisher. So she married Bob Guccione? She married Bob Guccione. Damn! Um, it, Bob Guccione Jr. had the music magazine spin. Yep. You may recall. Yep. That's crazy. Well, to continue on to stir your memory here, Mark, Kenny goes on to mention that there were a couple of dancers from the strip club who also worked at the straight park. Maybe that's who he's talking about. Owner Paul Monroe and a cat named John Howard, who is the general contractor. Is that maybe the same story or something? But it talks about skating the water track the 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 water slides the water yeah, slides yeah. and all that stuff so and you know he talks about that in a little bit of so you guys were just basically doing all kinds of crazy shit and partying and well, hitting on women just I'm drinking beer smoking weed just everything pretty much yeah. while we're on the subject here of flow motion uh for people who are listening who weren't around and don't realize where exactly was that located that was south congress right, right next to the dollhouse Right next to the dollhouse. The, the strip club. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was South Congress, like basically Alpine, just north of Ben White. It was right across from the glass, the glass company. There's the glass. Yeah, the Benzwanger glass, yeah, the, which right would there. be. Yeah, Ronnie's Auto Parts, I yeah. think, is what it was way back then. So the modern stuff that is there now would be like the 04 Lounge Bar. Oh, that's where you're talking Expose. about. Okay. Expose. would be what was the dollhouse back then. And then the hill was the. Um, uh, was that Penfield? Is that what that I don't like remember. water tower up on the hill? It's where the high rises are. Yeah. So let yeah. me let me ask you this: Before Ben White was made into the freeway, if you went across Ben White where the Wendy's is, there was also a skate park there in the eighties, but that was not late, slow motion. Late, late, late. What 80s. was that skate park? I don't remember what it was called. Do you remember, Kenny? I think it was just ramps. No, I was in yeah. Mexico. It was ramps. Okay. It was just ramps. It was a, It was well, no, there was concrete, but. No. There no, wasn't? No, no, no. It was, a, it was an empty parking lot okay. with wooden ramps. Okay, but you're saying that it was... I won a contest there one time. What's, Whoa. what's funny about this dollhouse and skate park, so they had a skate park, Flow Motion, right next to the strip club. This was the 70s. There would never be a skate park with children around anywhere near a strip club or a bar or anything. It's fucking nuts. Hey, where's the skate park? Well, you know where the strip club is, yeah? What you guys probably don't know is that South Congress had a CD history. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and bars and... You know, I had to skate home either down South First or South Congress. Yeah, you just pick your hill. Or whenever, and Congress was kind of rough. 
Oh, yeah. Anything between Congress and South Lamar was, well, I used to go over to Cassins. Mm -hmm. I had to go through that neighborhood. And luckily, it was downhill going there. Yep. So I'd just get up to speed and, and not lose any speed. Yeah, but on the way back. On the way back, you is, gotta walk. It's uphill. Yeah. So, yeah, it was dangerous. Yeah. I'm skating down Lightsey. Yeah, skating down Lightsey. Lightsey. And, and where old Bike Mike lived over there, back in behind Fort View, I guess. It's yeah. crazy how much it's changed over the years because it's some of the most expensive real estate in the city now. Sure. So, and to catch everybody up who, who's listening as we've gone into an Austin, Texas tangent, if you don't and haven't visited in Austin, which is absolutely one of the best skate cities going these days, you need to come visit. But to transition, one of the cool things about having Mark here is that as we focus the early years in this Texas history, we've talked about the coast and we talked about the water surf influence creating to the skateboarding, you know, fad, then surfing, taking skateboarding to the sidewalks and the streets and then all that evolving. And we've talked about the coast, the coast, the coast, and they were all doing this. But guess what? Central Texas, two and a half hours up the way, there's a kid named Mark Wheelis and a bunch of other dudes, Kitty Payton, John Now, and all these other guys that are ripping that don't have the interaction with the guys in Galveston. They don't have the interaction with Corpus and Jimmy and all those guys, but yet... It's just like you coming up to Southwest Texas, Chip. Everybody wants to get away from Houston or Corpus if they grow up there. Right, but what I'm saying is that the school... And, uh, you know, Austin had cool people moving in from all over. Right. I guess my point being, though, is that the skating was evolving, and we think we kind of consider those mecca points in, in South Texas, again, beach towns that had skate parks, et cetera, but yet the skateboarding was just as great, it seems like almost, in Central Texas, anywhere else. I think it was bigger. Bigger. But you also had this guy in Mark Wheelis. Aerosmith, Aerosmith was the only real manufacturer. Other than Nash. <laughs> which wasn't real. Yeah, I know. Aerosmith had, had an ad in Surfer Magazine like back in 75. Wow. Before Skateboarder Magazine came out. I think there's a picture of John Hughes. So that's us exploring more about this history and why we're doing this damn podcast is that's freaking cool stuff is that it, it wasn't what we suspected just those coastal towns. There were several places going off at once in Texas that were creating talent. And Mark was a guy who was just naturally gifted, talented, and had huge fucking cojones and then transitioned from motocross into skateboarding and then Pepsi team and then on and on. That's just it's yeah, nuts that all this happened. Mark can ride anything. Hence the name Wheelis. Wheelis. <laughs> but that is your real name. That's my real name. So tell us what happened. Okay, tell us about the bike. What? How did that happen? What was the whole bike on oh. South Carolina? So there's a photo as I set Kenny down for just a second. I'll get it out here. There's a photo of you jumping a car it, or it several a, cars. I jumped, I jumped four alphas and they were work convertibles. Four alpha remains. <laughs> I don't say that, but... Well, yeah, they were small car com uh, convertibles. I've got a photo as soon as but I can. they said that I could have done five. I cleared the last one by so much that I could have. And I didn't use a landing ramp. Oh, straight to flat? Straight to flat. Damn. Yeah. 
What uh, were you jumping it on? Was this a motorcycle or a uh, bicycle? It was a cruiser. It was a cruiser, okay. Yeah. Cook Brothers, Cook Brothers right Cruiser. Now. Damn. So no suspension. Really. I'll have to post it up, but it's a picture. I don't know why I don't have this here right now, but it's a picture of you jumping uh, the bike, and then it's also, and I'm sorry, I don't have it right there for some reason, and then it's also a picture of you standing there with the bike, and I'll put these up somehow, And but yeah. If that was Aquafest or if that was one of the free That Williams was the Day World Frisbee concert. Championships. World Frisbee Championships in Austin, oh, Texas. That was when we had a <laughs> ramp there. Yeah. Was this down in Austin? No, the blue ramp thing. No, that wasn't that. That was a different, another contest when they. But oh, the, okay. Yeah. Because I met the. Tom lived with that Frisbee guy in on Travis Heights Boulevard for a while. Mm. The yeah. one that uh, ended up doing that big contest in Vic, uh, Victoria. Oh, I was supposed to jump five cars there, and I went there, and they had they they said I said I don't know if I can clear five cars, and so I went down there, and and he was advertising and stuff, and I at the last second I said I'm not doing it, and I went <laughs> and I came home <laughs> that night because. Because, well, for one thing, he said he promised me a bunch of stuff which he didn't give me. Here's so. the, here's oh, the that's, photo. That's badass. And yeah. we'll, we'll uh, try to get at him, but he's launching. I don't know if you can see that in the YouTube, and I'll, I finally found the photo. But it's, yeah, it's you launching over the cars is one of the photos. And then there's another photo of you standing there by the cars. Oh, just acting like an idiot. Just kind of a... Kind of a promo shot, and then yeah. I have another picture of you with a quarter pipe on your driveway. That's, yeah, I came But you're day. doing a BMX freestyle where you where you jump and do a 360 on your handlebars and land back on your That's seat. Called a decade. Where you a decade. So, what's yeah, that? I pulled up one day and he was riding my ramp, and I hadn't seen him in a long time. But you just come home and I'm he's there. Home and he's riding my ramp. Holy shit, up my driveway. <laughs> it was a brand new house, and uh, I'm pretty sure he was the first owner, but the guy I work with, Ricky Petrie, had a house, was a motocross racer, too. He had a house a few houses down, and he said, hey, man, this guy built a skateboard ramp in his driveway. I said, really? Let's go to your house for lunch. <laughs> and... So after Mark <laughs> got me there, and it was like it was a little embarrassing, but we had a good laugh. Yeah, it was about <laughs> I don't know a month later, they built a ditch on Alexandria. Oh yeah, the Alexandria. The Y ditch. Oh yeah, that's yeah. now currently full of parking brakes. in the concrete because I was air conditioning in the shopping center, uh, the little strip center around the corner. And I went home and got my board and came back and Mark was skating it. Nice. Oh, he jumped the gun. I was going to get first tracks, but we were the first two. Um, he was the first guy to roll in that ditch. And I'm, I was right there behind him. Man, Kenny, so for all of you listening again, if you're catching up, this is Kenny Payton on the phone. This is the first time we've had, I mean, he said he was going to call in, and I was like, ah, okay, and he's actually calling in. But uh, we're actually going to try to get Kenny uh, when he gets into town, hopefully after the Christmas holiday, we'll see. But keep listening, Kenny, because I'm about to mention something else that you mentioned. He gave me a bunch of stuff to uh, talk about, and 
We're at an hour and a half, uh-huh. Carrie, with no edits, so we're doing okay. Um, uh, but uh, something about Kenny mentioned something about the Aqua th- called the Aqua Thrillway. Lurch and I skated it first, same day, and then Wet Willies. I, yeah, I'm not sure what he's talking about there. Uh, it was a guy named. Uh, I, I, it didn't really have anything to do with Mark. It was just talking. We were talking about the uh, water slides. Oh, that had a perfect wall that he was doing 20 foot lip slides on. Um, Wet Willie's was the one where oh. the South Boston Hospital is now, yeah. and it had one turn that was fully skatable, but it was super downhill and super slippery. Yeah, they had okay. a girl pass away there that died at that. Oh point. no! So. And then he, I guess this is later years because you mentioned flow motion closed and then tried to reopen as like a skiing on grass yeah. place or some bullshit like yeah. that. And, and the first ski pro was Bill Daniels, the, the my uh, the photographer. Okay. You know Lee's Lee the movie guy and Clay the guitar player's oldest brother on that letters uh, the Jeff Grosso letters thing. That's mm-hmm. Bill with all the photos right there. All right, so Kenny, I'm gonna again read something and you can listen in and chime in after I give a chance to Mark to put this. But this is another story. Please ask him about a story between Tom Barrows, Scarecrow, Mark Wheelis, and a guy named Lou. As in the bodybuilder Hulk guy named Blue and a couple of cases. It's something that hatched over a couple of cases of Little Kings. Raiding a greenhouse. Does that ring a bell? I don't remember he that. He does not ring a bell <laughs> on this story. Um, That's good. There was, there was a guy from the East Coast that showed up that would skate with us. And he was built like the Hulk. Okay, so he's like the Hulk. Yeah, he looked just like that, man. And he was rad. He he skated stiff, but he wasn't afraid to drop and in on anything. So apparently his brother-in-law, who was hiding out, uh, had been slapping his sister around. And he had a grow house or something out at Lake Travis. So he told uh, Tom, Barrows, and Mark, let's go raid the plants. So... They took off, and I stayed at the skate park, and a couple hours later, Tom's truck comes flying up the hill into the parking lot in the back corner, and Mark's laying in the back with just his feet sticking up, (laughs) and he's laying on top of a pickup bed full of freshly heisted pot plants. (laughs) (laughs) Held it says it, 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 a red sack full of buds out of that deal, which is a big deal for a fourteen year old. <laughs> I just joined a new church, man. I don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, no, hey man, church is all about redemption. <laughs> it is about redemption, and these are the old days, so you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> That is freaking hilarious. Some of the stories that are popping up and all that stuff. Um, man, uh, so back then, it's... reference anything else I mentioned. Okay. Well, we might reference... Keep listening in, Tom. I mean, uh, Kenny, I'm going to set you down for just a second as we continue to fly through this. Um, some of the names that keep getting mentioned when you're around, and I want to go back to this Pepsi team thing here in a second. I'll do that right here. Uh, you know, we mentioned Bobby Morrow was one of the guys. You, Bobby Morrow, Brian Abel, Andrew Lopez, 
There would have been Booger. There would have been Kenny would have been coming up. I don't know if Brett Anderson was around. John Now was one of the big players. That was all. So Austin had a pretty good scene of dudes that lasted quite a long time skating, right? Yeah. And got influenced. John Now still riding, I think. Yeah, John Now is still riding, that sort of thing. So um, back to the Pepsi team. One of the things that we talk about in previous episodes was a theory that I have, and that is when the teams thing happened in uh, San Antonio, that was kind of the last vestige of the skateboard teams. Dave Donaldson talks about Houston and being part of the Skate City team, and now you're talking about skateboard, I mean, Pepsi team where you had team uniforms and all that kind of stuff but outside of that we think that skate teams kind of ended after that in texas but talk yeah. about the skate team and and you know like you you know traveling around in the uniform and representing other than the shenanigans oh the, you mean representing pepsi and, yeah yeah well, you got to travel quite a bit oh, right oh yeah we, we i mean I, I did three tours and they were four months long so i was on the road for a solid year Okay. But I'd come back for like two or three weeks. I'd work at Tom Barrow's little roller skate shop that mm -hmm. he had in the okay. skateboard shop until, until Pepsi would call me up and I'd go back out again. And I, and I, I, we went everywhere. We went, we started out in New, uh, New Manhattan and, uh, We'd go up. But people are really hard in Buffalo, man. That's a tough, oh, I believe it. That is yeah. a tough I'm gonna, scene, show I feel like it's picture. the weather kind of hardens you. Man. I'm going to show this picture real quick, and then I'm going to turn around so you guys can kind of see it. What is this skate shop? Is this the Aerosmith yeah, that, that is, that's, park? No, that's this Tom, is the most epic that's Tom, skate shop. That's Tom Barrow's. Um, What's that? Tom shop after yeah. he, bought, he bought Aerosmith out. Oh, is this Flow Motion? No. No, I mean, not Flow Motion. Forward no. Motion. I don't even remember it's the called, name of it. I worked there. It was before Skate Time. No, yeah. what was the... It was called Forward Motion. Okay. I think. And it was uh, on... Um, Who are these people? Northwest North Hills. In a shopping center. That yeah, right there from Far West. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who are these people in this photo? That's me right there. And that's uh, Marvin. Starving Marvin. Yeah. Okay. Starving Marvin. I'm not so, yeah. sure, sure who the girl is or who the guy on the back. So there's a good epic photo of this skate shop with some old Zorlac decks and yeah. some early stuff um, and some really cool, you know, fish. I want to also ask about this photo. Yeah, that's the San Antonio. That's the San Antonio contest. Yeah. So we're going to bring this photo so John can look at that. So that's from the San Antonio contest also. Um, that's pretty rad. There's got a lot of good photos. Again, it's kind of awkward for us to do this pre-hand. Um, that's uh, Selma. There's Selma. Selma Ditch? Selma, Selma Ditch. Ditch. Yeah. Okay, so there's a picture of him yeah. skating. Nice. Yes, we know uh, Kenny Payton is listening in on us in the Selma Ditch. I've skated the Selma Ditch with Kenny Payton. And High speed ditch. Uh, uh, we skated baby Selma. The big Selma was on the other side of the highway. And it was actually, and it's still there, part of it, although there's a, a bridge that goes over it that wasn't there when it was first being skated before the tar truck went into it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's how that happened. A tar truck fell or crashed into it before they expanded the freeway or something, right? Yep. Something like yeah. that. And there was a steep section um, at Selma right where it went under the old little bridge. Okay. At the very end, it, it got steep. Hey, I don't know if that was the first time I saw Mark skate or not. 
but uh, I was coming back from a family trip to San Antonio, and my mom used to pull over there and let me skate. You know, okay, you have 20 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> which was great, man. That was that was worth going to grandma's and getting my face pinched. Before you called in, Kenny, you had told I wouldn't. Weren't you telling me a story about Mark riding uh, five hips? What we call five hips uh, the now? Dust bowl. The yeah. dust bowl. So five hips is actually called the Dust Bowl Austinites, um, which is a gnarly it spot. Would fill up with dust from the air, air, the railroad track there. Right, 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 right. But you talk about something about him coming, getting out of his car, doing a tail tap on something, and then getting back in his car or something oh, like that. that. Was the, that was the Lit Bowl, which is over there by Betachek. Okay. Doubt that's there, still there. Yeah, it's still there. I, I, I think I sent you a picture of it a few years ago. By Betacheck Middle School? Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. right. Carjack's about to get on his Google Maps and find it. Hell yeah, it's I am. Off on, uh, if it's not at the end of Luna, it's the end of one right next to it. And there's a creek back there. So tell that story real quick. Oh, me and Lurch, who was usually my running buddy. Lurch, because uh, he was friend. big and tall? Yeah, yeah, Roger Richards Jr. The first time Brett came over, to, we were meeting at my folks' house, and he looked down the street and he said, who is that little guy next to Lurch? And I had to tell him, the little guy is Lurch. That's his dad. Oh, shit. And he, he, had a, uh, he, he tore his knee out right when he was, uh, after he got drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. So oh, damn. So was a mechanic. But Lurch... Lurch, we'd send him in at 13 going on 14 to buy the beer. No, one of those guys. Well, tell the story about this ditch that you remember, Mark, because so he doesn't we're, remember. We're, we're skating there, and uh, Mark pulls up, parks on the bridge, looks over, and it's like, hey, man, it's wheelers. And we had a little plywood roll in, and there was a somebody had left a sheet of plywood on top of that ditch. And the ditch is probably 10 foot deep. You know, pretty pretty nice long walls, and, and one side had a slightly rounded transition and had a little bit of a lip on it that you could do lip slides on, and the other side you kind of do grinds. And somebody had set a piece of plywood up on the privacy fence that, that the ditch was abutted up to on the south side, still is. And, Mar and we were hitting that piece of plywood, and the plywood would bend, you He's looking down at the crack going, oh. And Mark pulled up, said, "Looks that looks like fun. Dropped in, blasted up the up the plywood, off of the plywood, up underneath the, the top crossbar, did a tail block, kind of free fell back in, rode up the other side, said, see ya, and took off. And we were just, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Uh, you know, Mark would kind of do that. He'd show up and shred, and boom, off he went. <laughs> off he went. And you have no knowledge. Remember that, Mark? I so that's I that's what we're here. That. We're here to, to stir some uh, points up. Kenny, once again, appreciate the stories. I'm going to set yeah, you thanks, down Kenny. here so we can – we're getting to a point where we're going to start tying this off into a knot. But, uh, you know, you said that you only skated – your skating career. Now you skated until you were 60 or 66. So congratulations on that. And, uh, but 
your career was until about when? What year would you say? Well, after Pepsi, it was. Um, what year would that would that have been to eighty or eighty one yet? Yeah, it was probably nineteen eighty. Okay. Was when it ended. Okay, but this was pre the backyard ramp series, pre spring series, pre into the vert stuff when all the pools died yeah. and closed. You were already kind of back into whatever other realm. Yeah, you were. I came back and started riding. I remember him coming over to Scott's half pipe in Cherry Creek and skating with us. Um, probably eighty one. But, okay, so let me ask you this, Kenny. So this is right before, and we're going to be getting, Carjack and I are going to get into this and just we get into 8081 and Thrasher and all that stuff in the spring series. Mark doesn't sound like you were skating the spring series, but how would have Mark fared in those early ramp events? Oh, he did doing great. He shakes his head no, but you, you were doing inverts. I mean, you had a pretty good repertoire, didn't you? I, I could do rock and roll slides and... Some fakey stuff, and but I I wasn't really I I my my knees were so shot by by that time that I couldn't. I what couldn't, would you consider your style? Since you came from a motocross background and you weren't a surfer, what would you consider? Or Kenny, if you want to chime in, what would you have considered your style? Just I don't know. Because I rode them small boards for so long, I tended to have my feet almost more pointed like this. Okay, like this. Okay. So, but I that, but I slowly corrected that as I, once I built my ant ramp, which was, I think was one of the first ant ramps in Austin. Was that one of the first ramps in Austin? Okay. I think it was. Corey Thornton and he's uh, come one right. One of the first smaller ramps. I had, yeah. uh, I had a half pipe back in the 70s that had uh, three and a half, four feet of vert. And <laughs> as everybody and would it, quit and, coming to skate with me, I kept cutting another foot off. Well, it was finally, yeah, yeah. It ended up like eight feet with no, with right up to vert. Yeah, I had eight foot transitions, and there was five feet high. So, coping that ant ramp was on the backside of uh, what's the name of that street that was Uh, across your back fence? Altaloma or Lotta? Lotta. Lotta Lane. Yeah. Right, but the back the back street it goes all the way out to two ninety. Anyway, my parents bought a house on Loch Lomond, which tees in to the street, and I was I, I was up visiting from Mexico. I go down the end of the street, I hit the stop sign, I look left, and as I'm shifting my head to look right, I see Mark's head pop up, and I roll the window down here. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> skateboard ears yep. over the fence. Ramp in the backyard. He had a his baby daughter was probably uh, I don't know a year. Maybe two. He would, he would balance. Is, is that what that photo is? Is that that ramp? Oh yeah, we forgot the photos. Bring some of those out. Yeah, that's it right there. Oh, Bring that over. That's Put that towards the camera. Yeah. So this um, is this is your backyard ramp from the yeah. early eighties. Yeah. yeah. Austin used oh, to nice. be so That's small. That's a nice ramp. You, you go somewhere and you know somebody. Oh, yeah. Every restaurant, every auto parts store. And we used to, yeah, Terry probably remembers this from being there when he was small. We had free concerts every Wednesday. Yeah. Um, when the weather was good down at Auditorium Shores. Yeah. And you'd see everybody down there. Because it was such a small time. So, uh, all right, Kenny, I'm going to set you down once again because we're going to go through. He brought a bunch of pictures, and we forgot to kind of attend to those. I'm going to 
be quiet and uh, look for directions to send you to that bench. Okay. All right. <laughs> Hold on. All right. So I'm going to pop up this picture, um, this iconic photo of Mark wearing some uh, maybe not even rector knee pads. And this is some kind of an article. The Daily Texan, October 4th, 1978. Yeah, wearing was... Vans, yeah. which would have been from 76. No, I'm sorry, 66. So certainly Vans and then whatever else. So yeah, just a... 1% body factor. We skated <laughs> in, August, <laughs> in August for four hours. Right, in the middle of the they, heat. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, you're a you're a, a motocross skater guy with a surfer body. So this this ramp that you're talking about from your backyard, yeah, that was in the neighborhood where Alexandra yeah. is. Okay, yeah. so this is yeah, yeah Brody William Cannon down south. Yeah, they had a contest at Alexandria Ditch uh, at one point. Yes, I was there like Were you late there? '80s. That was the first time yeah. I saw it. There was a flyer for it at Let's Go Skate on the drag uh -huh. at the skate shop, and it, they were just calling it the Y Ditch. Yeah, the Y Ditch, and. I, they had a little hand-drawn map on the flyer and I it said, you know, take 290 out like you're going to Oak Hill yeah. and then you'll hit Brody Lane and just head south on Brody. Yeah. And back then, Brody Lane was one lane each direction, yeah. little bitty country yeah. road. And I was like, where the hell am I? And then I get to that neighborhood. I'm like, okay, this is a suburban neighborhood. This, this looks maybe it's legit. And then... Driving down Alexandria, that ditch is just right there yeah. on the side of the street. And it was like pulling up to Mecca. It was because yeah. there was all these skaters already there. It was all set up. And I was like, I can't believe this is even real. Yeah. Ba back when the people that owned the house didn't care. Now they do. Yeah. They, yeah. Did you notice how at the Y where we go back this way? It was uh -huh. all grass after it was like, all grass. Yeah. I put a PVC pipe. Yes. It was a big back. fat PVC pipe. And you could, you, you could slide all the way over the grass. Yeah. You could rock and roll slide yeah. across the whole thing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, to this picture, I just that showed. That blew my mind. That was awesome. <laughs> I showed. I put is, that that's, this, so, that's so rad. This photo here of yeah, uh, torn up paper, and you can see your feet placement and the style you're talking yeah, about where your front yeah. foot is almost surf. Your back yeah. foot, you've got, I don't know, three inches of front toe hanging off. That's how small the board is. Is that Bastrop Pool? Yeah. That is Bastrop Pool with the coping, yeah. the top coping taken off, and you're wearing work gloves, <laughs> construction <laughs> work gloves, and a hockey Cooper hockey cheap. helmet, with right? Yeah, uh, Aerosmith. Yeah, that's, the pool. <laughs> that's not the one you guys skated in the forest. That's the pro shop. Right. That was the, was that the one that was um, early uh, imploded in, or because there's the country club, no. the forest, the grind ledge, and one other. As far as I know, it, it, it was still there ten or fifteen years ago. There's a that's country we club. At the the oh. country club. The uh, the country club's the one that's closer to the entrance of the neighborhood before you turn towards yeah, the water tower. Exactly. Okay, so that's the country club pool. So this is a famous you know, bastrop pool. Used, all that used to be a base. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We're going to be doing an episode on uh, John. Now I think has a lot of history. It was a military base. They were all used for training pools and prisoner all that of stuff. war camp. Prisoner of war camp. Yeah. Holy shit! It's we're where going, they brought Nazi soldiers yeah. that they captured. Yeah, that's it. We're yeah, going really? to have a yeah. Bastrop pool episode because it's iconically important and huge for Texas. And these are early pictures from an original 
Porno <laughs> ad. And then you've got some, my divorce. Yeah, then you've got some Polaroids, <laughs> and you got a first, you're doing a front side air on a, the ramp says Rad Ramp. Oh, yeah. That's Rad a, that's Ramp. So, and there's yeah. another picture of you here doing a backside, uh, backside. Grind to with hand yeah. down, probably to tail. See, didn't I don't have know. It had like this much, you know. Yeah, right. tiny little dick. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. And you were a flyway guy. He was a flyway guy. I yeah, think turned into a flyway guy. He he had the flyway helmet. So, um, and then yeah, he does have some some more modern pictures of him skating, and he had a ramp in his backyard, and he kept up with all that. That's pretty super rad. But some of this old stuff he brought, and then this is the time out June of nineteen seventy eight Austin. Is that Austin American Statesman? That was uh, the UT, I think. The no. Time out. Austin American States. Lobby Dam. Austin American Statesman. So Saturday, June 10th, 1978. So, that was my seventh whew. birthday. Oh, boy. Damn. Time June out. June 10th my birthday. <laughs> um, I think I was 19. He's got Skateboard Battle Cry, Let's All Get Radical Let's from get, David yeah. Frink. Yeah. And uh, so that's pretty cool. That's a, a good... Um, Long time archival ago. piece that Mark Wheelis brought in. Um, oh, you you got your phone's been on all day. He also pulled up. Um, no. He's going to send me a link to hopefully this. He's got some footage of him skate, actually skating flow motion um, skate park back in the day and doing all his maneuvers, which he says he didn't do a lot, but we see you doing inverts and airs, backside five O's, hand down. You're doing everything that was happening at that point and you also pretty much did anybody i bet anybody was like hey mark go do this and you probably went and did it so Listen, at least let's try it mm -hmm. ollie on the one side of the half pipe and land in a backside 50 50 grind over the spine into the other half pipe the upper section of the half pipe nice this was before the ollie air was ever before Alan Gelfland ever did an all year, Mark Wheelis was doing aerial, no-handed aerial transfers. Yeah, it's like free air out to grinding okay, over so, into the other side. Okay, yeah. Kenny Payton. So let's discuss this because in the Booger episode that just dropped this past Friday, Booger is mentioned in Alan Gelfand's book that was written by somebody else in Gelfand's words or whatever about the Ollie and how instrumental and that there. But you're saying that before somebody was doing face wall Ollies, I guess the best way to describe it, he was doing transfer Ollie. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and it's on that video that um, in that Texas skateboarding history thing that uh, Mike Blair was involved in. There's some of there's oh, in that flow motion. There is a flow motion episode, episode six or something of that um, YouTube series. Okay. Yeah, that that's it. Um, Mark was way ahead of his time. If you know, if the manufacturers would have been in Austin instead of Southern California, Mark could have made and lost millions. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is how it goes. <laughs> oh, man, that is that is that is great stuff. So. Uh, well, so, so Mark, let me ask you this as we start to kind of wind this down. It's been a great episode. I'm, I'm, I see in the future, we'll get you on for some more, but this has definitely been amazing. I want to get your kind of feeling of 
in, and this is one of my cheesy questions, Carjack. I'm sorry, but you know, <laughs> when you Let's skated for those few years before you kind of gave in the Pepsi team, how do you think that affected? I mean, how did what did it do for you? Did, what is that memory of skateboarding? Is it just it was good times and it was crazy, or did that affect your life in in kind of similar to what you said, the motocross moment? You had a moment that happened. Changed. How do you think skateboarding did that, or did it just keep your thrill it, for it just was, it just, it was, it kept me uh, from stealing marijuana from, it was just, I just loved doing it. I mean, it, you know, you, I mean, even it, like, I, I didn't, I got really better at skating once I built that blue ramp when mm -hmm. my, my daughter was born. That's when I learned how to skate because mm -hmm. I was oh. doing lip tricks and stuff off the five footer. Right, right, right. So, you know, I was still learning new tricks at the age of 30, in my mid 30s, learning new stuff. So I just like the, that, the, you can still evolve with it. Right, like right. Skating. How much do you stay in tune with skateboarding today? Like, as far as looking on the social medias and yeah. stuff like that, or I, Olympics? I, you or? Know, I watch the X Games and, and I'm always watching the, anytime I can catch something on YouTube, I watch it. So what is your general feeling about how the how evolution of skateboarding? Because they're doing stuff that it's we never... Insane. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. But yeah. it's just as catching for you. You just... Yeah. You're not... There's some people who are I like... I appreciate ah, it. You I can. definitely can still appreciate it, you know? Because, right. Yeah, because I mean, I'm, I know how hard it is. Well, it's the same thing with like, you know, Travis Pastrana and the motocross That's stuff. Insane. I mean, insane. you know that wholeheartedly and the stuff that they're doing is beyond what you guys were yeah. thinking unless you thought when you were drinking oh what if I did a backflip I don't know if that was I yeah know. I mean I used to dream about that you know doing flips and stuff but I just never could you know well, that is actually kind of a good point because with Travis Pastrana once he started doing NASCAR there's so much money involved with NASCAR that his sponsors told him you, you gotta stop doing motocross right now you, yeah. you can't, it's too dangerous. Um, every NASCAR race is tens of millions of dollars at stake. Sure, sure, sure. We can't have you getting injured doing your crazy stuff. So he had to lay off some of the stuff that was like his, you know, in his heart, like his upbringing. And he talked about how that was difficult. And he's like, that's the hardest part about being like a NASCAR driver is the level of responsibility you had to do. And the fact that, Back in the 70s, they weren't taking care of you guys like that. They were letting you, no, you know, like, no. if, if you get wrecked, well, see ya. Yeah, it's, a, you know, game over. I mean, you just buy. On, yeah. on to the next one, but. Yeah. but it, it's, it's a different world with it now. And, you know, there are trade-offs, like Travis making really, really good money, but he's also, you know, and like Jason Lee, when he started acting, the movies would tell him, like, you can't ride a skateboard while we're shooting the movie. And it, it's... It's a weird, yeah. different world to travel in once you, you're on those levels. Mark, are you are you stoked that there's people making millions of dollars in sponsorship, or do you wish that motocross and skateboarding were were kept more underground, or do you do you respect and appreciate that there's all these you know influencers and big money and all yeah. that? I, I I mean I think people should get paid, right? I mean it's a risky 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 sure, thing, sure. you know. And I just wish they. Further. <laughs> I wish it wouldn't trickle down, but maybe just slightly pour and drip down. Yeah, yeah, know? exactly. Because you know, as you get from the top guys are making too much, and bottom guys are making nothing. Sure, you know? sure. But I mean, I guess generally it's good, especially more maybe more in motocross than than skateboarding. I don't know, but I mean that you know that people are making a living off of it, which was you know for the most part once you got 
to 1920, you pretty much, it's time to buckle up and get a corp job or, you go know, get, get a real job. Go get a real job yeah, or, seriously, or right do on, something like, like that. Like 20 used to be kind of considered Yeah. Like old. Wait, yeah, you're old. Why are you still doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you got, while well, we got a second uh, before we finish things, you you mentioned you tried to get John now. You you think he, so this guy right here, who we fucking love his stories, wasn't sure about this, and we're stoked that he's here, and you have plenty of stories. Yeah. We have plenty. But you wanted to get John now on at the same well, time. I mean, well, I, I've been I, trying to get on. So here's your time to talk shit about John now, who's one of the <laughs> nicest <laughs> dudes ever. But uh, you got any John now something real quick? Because um, he's not here to defend himself. Well, John, you know, he, he, uh, he's just, he, he's a great guy. Sure, sure. His dad's a knee doctor who happened to be my knee doctor. Oh, so I didn't know that. And he told me he had to quit skating and when I was about 20 something and because <laughs> my knee was gone. <laughs> I got a John now story that has to do with uh, the aftermath of that San Antonio contest. Oh, okay. What's that? Because we're, we're tying down here and that's a good. Uh, Mike, Mike Williams in the going that's right, team. Yeah. Dennis Martinez and those guys came up to skate slow motion and there was an old antique car parked out between the end of the snake run and the, and the bowls. And we were, I was looking everywhere for, you know, our best skaters, John and Tom, and I didn't see Tom anywhere. And then Tom Burroughs. Right. Then Lurch and I noticed that John was in that car parked in the back of the skateboard park with his girlfriend. <laughs> what were they doing? It was, well, he was making legends. <laughs> Wait a second. Glossary with call-in Kenny Payton. Glossary with Kenny making legends. Would you like to define that, Kenny, making legends? John's nickname was Johnny Man because... He matured really young. I think he had he had to shave probably by the time he was twelve. <laughs> He's a great great skater, and uh, we've had some really good times. Chip, when you think about skateboard teams, um, don't let it. You know, remember a lot of the skateboard teams were carpools. You know, yeah, that that's, was right. An that's right. It was you, just a carpool. Yeah. You, know, you got beer and uh, gas money. You're on the team, baby. That's right. Well, but that's right. that's when right. I say skate teams, Kenny, I'm referring to the actual skateboard team matching uniforms and how that kind of basically trickled off after San Antonio, um, because there, it really, there was none of that at the Spring Series or anything beyond. The skateboard teams was dead in Texas. Unfortunately, skate parks died right after that. Sure. Right. But uh, I think that that was that influence. So, um, well, uh, holy cow. That's a, a good episode. We're going to wind this down here. Again, Kenny, I've got you on the phone. I'm going to set you down. This is our first. Uh, we don't like to do call-ins or, or Zoom, but we had to answer Kenny Payton. It's like when your dad calls. you got to answer it. But we've got Kenny hopefully set coming in for an interview hopefully to get him legit and then we'll just have mark call and fuck it up so we'll see something, <laughs> we'll see something like that um but i did want to mention a couple of things what i'd, I'd like to just uh, i'd like to see all you guys even if it didn't in an interview uh form 
Um, I'd like to get together with Mark and talk about our old friend Tom Barrows. I'm missing. Yeah, yeah, I miss him too. We can do that. Well, let, okay. Well, let's do that. We've got um, uh, one of the things that we do is a little in memoriam, and let's let's do a, a, a let's call it a tripler. Um, one of the photos in your Facebooks that I pulled out was a picture of Clay um, Towery that we mentioned a couple episodes back about him being, but it mentions in there my good friend Clay, and I miss him. So, any quick mention or story about clay you want to mention and you know well clay was a uh he was a a funny guy because he he had a very short fuse when it came to ride skating with him you know if you snaked him or something he'd get on you he'd be you know right but he also heckled the shit out of you yeah he was a very good heckler yeah he yeah he was always messing with people i like that yeah he's a good guy and then and we so big love to him and we gave him a little mention and then tom burrows which we haven't done an official in memoriam uh known as scarecrow um who i was lucky enough to know for a while but um kenny mentioned him and he was also a close friend of yours he was an austin texas guy right yeah Yeah, he was another one of the top dudes that was mentioned in those top echelon of skaters so you got a little story about scarecrow or something so many stories i mean we just we we were always out (laughs) on the valley got pulled over one night and i was in the passenger seat he had a scirocco when they first came out Uh and uh because they his dad built all the far west that whole area is what i I gather and and uh this cop pulls us over and it's a old high school friend of mine he became a cop and i'm sitting just kind of like looking looking up at him, and he puts a flashlight right in my face and says, what are you doing hanging out with this guy? He's talking about Tom. Okay, okay. <laughs> he had a little bit of a rep. Yeah, he had, yeah, he was, yeah, he was crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, we though. do miss uh, uh, Scarecrow, Tom Burroughs, and he was a, uh, um, a mention, or we'll have actually a little bit more mention about him in the future. Um, but we thought that it would be appropriate as Carrie and I talked. We, we normally do these in memoriams about Texas skaters in the past and, and things that happen. Um, but happening here recently in this weekend, very unfortunate um, passing. And I'm going to kind of let Carjack talk a little bit more about it. Just a, a little love and shout out, let's say, to our skater family in the Dallas, Texas area. Yeah, we had some really tragic news this last week. Uh, Keyshaw Johnson, from a skater from Dallas, uh, was killed in a in a car accident of some sort and, and, and a top pro a very well known did a lot of charity work and teaching and etc and i mean just an amazing skateboarder but uh the times that i got to meet him and skate with him the the guy just had an amazing energy just just exuded positivity and he was one of those people that had that weird charisma that just being around him you wanted to be around the guy and you, when you couple that with the just insane amount of talent that he had, it, it the first time I met him, I knew he was going to be a pro skater. He was that level. He's just, he was so good and um, did everything huge, you know, huge errors. He was a street skater that could skate vert legit. Yeah. Like, and then if you've, he could skate anything he touched. If you paid attention to the social medias, you've definitely seen this. He's getting love from all over the place. Uh, he recently was in Galveston for that South Texas Red Bull thing that's, that our sponsor, um, Big O and Southside put on. And there was a 20, 30 foot rail that he was doing crooks and, you know, oh, yeah. stuff all the way down it. No and, rail too big or 
too long. Dubing. And like then everything that guy did, he went for the most maximum thing possible. And we're seeing posts from, you know, people, friends, Dave Duncan and some other entities where he was doing motivational speaking and he was teaching and all that. So, you know, it's, it's really a, a tough thing. I did not really know Keyshawn. I knew of him, um, but whenever something happens to one of our family, especially in Texas, uh, we take that to heart. And that's why we wanted to give him some love and especially um, to all our friends in Dallas because they're hurting pretty bad with that happening. It was, yeah. it's a know, huge loss. Not, and yeah. The, and the just, whole skateboard world lost somebody. Right. And, you know, everything is a tragic accident. And a lot of times you don't hear, and we're not going to go into any details, but it had to do with the traffic accident. And one thing led to another, and he didn't make it out of that intersection with the accident and what was going on. And there's details out there, and we'll let you find that on your own. But the unfortunate thing, it was something that, started out apparently as minor and turned into that. So um, if you if you knew him or knew about him, make sure you share love. Um, again, especially with all those people in Dallas and all that stuff because it's really important. And it's, it's a week before Christmas. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough we thing. We miss you, Keisha. Yeah, but he was rad. And the best thing about it uh, that you can think of is go and check him out. Uh, check his videos and check what he's doing and it's going to bring a huge smile to your face and pass that along. So, you know. So, uh, a lot of love to our Texas family and um, we never want to end on a downer. Um, but we do want to give a lot of love and shout outs to everybody again who has been supporting us. We appreciate it. This is an interview. We're about two hours of interview time. It'll knock down a little bit shorter than that. Once again, I want to give uh, love to our sponsors and our support, all the companies that I mentioned before um, and everybody involved in pushing uh, what we're doing and stoked and excited that we our venture into podcasting is somehow doing justice to Texas skateboarding and the stuff that we continue to learn. And there's a lot of big things going on and a lot more interviews coming up. And I guess really just to tie it off is, you know, we appreciate this first few months of the year and getting this started. And we are super stoked that we've had some iconic people here to join us and who has also listened to our podcast and got stoked for that nostalgia. And that's kind of what we're doing this for. So, um, you know, I don't know uh, how else to tie it off other than that, Carrie, but, um, hmm, you got something for us, sir? Hey, Chip, how many skateboarders does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know, Carrie. How many skateboarders does it take to change a light bulb? This week, we're going to say five. One to change it, and four others to roll their eyes and go, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> And there you have it. Thank you to Mark Wheelis. We won't shut up and skate. And we appreciate you guys supporting us. Check us out. Send us some emails. Send us some cash if you want or don't. But listen in, support, share, like. I'm Chip Queso. I'm Carjack. That's Kerry Jackson. Mark Wheelis. And that's Mark Wheelis. Thanks. Uh-oh. I don't know what's... Oh, and Kenny Payton. Kenny, are you still there? Take us out. Come on down. Come on down to the tropics and visit me, you guys. We can do it here. Hell yeah. I got plenty of room. Um, ocean view, ocean front. The new skate park about three blocks away that wants me to come ruin my knees at it, but I'm holding out.
Hell yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We're going to shut it down. Join us, won't you up in skates? And Mark Wheelis, have a good day. Go skate something. Do an invert or a burt or something shit. There you go. Burt, yeah. <laughs>